Hey there, friends of the Pregnancy Resource Center. Valerie Millsaps, Executive Director here, coming to you with the Armored Truth Podcast, where we will talk about standing on solid ground as leaders in our community that surround the issues of the sanctity of life and talk about a hard subject, abortion. So as we pray on our armor each and every day, how can we do that in a loving, truthful way as we continue to deal with an aggressive enemy and use what God has equipped each and every one of us to use? Armor Truth will be a place to empower you, to encourage you, and to equip you each and every week to speak for those that have no voice. We are so glad you're here with us. Hey guys, Valerie Millsaps here with the Armored Truth Podcast, and you're in for a super treat today as I have three special guests on with me, and it they are from the Justice Foundation, Alan Parker Jr., he's the president of the Justice Foundation and an emphasis on the Center Against Forced Abortions. We also have Tracy and Allison on with us. We're so excited to have you guys here. Thank you so much. And I'm excited to be with you as well as the whole team on our Center Against Forced Abortion, Tracy and Allison. Awesome. We, my heart and and people listening to the podcast today, so many people, you hear so many conversations in the community of people saying, well, you know, if they want to have an abortion, that's them. I, I don't want to speak up. I don't want to say anything. So many people are sitting silent, and but they have no idea of how many forced abortions are taking place uh, around the world, really. And my heart uh, for you guys today is uh, to speak to that. I know you have some amazing tools. But what would you say to those people that want to be silent because they don't want to force their supposed opinion on other people uh, about having an abortion? Well, actually, Valerie, this is Tracy, and I'm glad you brought that up because there are um, lots and lots of, of forced abortions that are actually, you know, coerced or forced where parents are, or um Boyfriends or husbands will say, you know, you need to have this abortion. I'm not going to support you. But then there's also the subtle type where they don't state an opinion. Oh, it's up to you. Whatever you want to do, you know, I would discourage it, but it's up to you. Rather than what a girl or woman needs to hear, which is, you know what, if you want to keep this baby or place this baby for adoption, we're standing with you. We're going to support you. And so a lot of women that regret their abortions afterwards say, if somebody had just spoken up and said, you know what? we're going to support you in your decision if you want to do this and we encourage you to do it and we're going to help you, then then that's great because that's what I call kind of the subtle forced abortion, which is, oh, whatever you want to do or you do what you want, but we're not going to help you. Well, that's that's um, the subtle form of saying, okay, you're on your own. You know, <laughs> um, So I really applaud you for doing this. We've been doing training with uh, pregnancy uh, care centers for the last gosh, 10 years. And um, so I know some of the audience um, that's listening to this are directors or staff of pregnancy centers. And so um, it really is important to um, to let the, the parents or the boyfriends know that not only do, you know, it's unlawful to force the girl to have an abortion, but it's also important to stand with her and affirm her decision, especially if she is choosing life or adoption. That's right. And this is Ellen Parker. We, everything I know about abortion has come from women themselves 
we at the Justice Foundation have had the great honor of collecting 4,660 legally admissible written testimonies of women hurt by abortion. We do that through a project you can find on our website, thejusticefoundation.org, called Operation Outcry. So we, what we found as we collected the testimonies who've had abortions is that once you make abortion legal, it allows other people to force a woman to have an abortion. And the three most common types of forced abortions in America are number one, adult parents forcing a minor girl to have an, a, an abortion against her will. Number two is an adult man forcing a woman to abort his child because he doesn't want to have an abortion. And number three, I mean, he doesn't want to have a child. He wants her to have an abortion to solve his problem. And number three is human trafficking or prostitution. Uh, and uh, we, uh, all three of those forms of abortion are illegal. We're going to talk about them on this program and give you some legal tools. But Allison, go back to that question she asked. Why do you think people should speak out about abortion and particularly forced abortion, maybe? Absolutely. Well, my, my role with the Center Against Forced Abortion, um, I directly deal with, um, I'm one of the liaisons for Students for Life. And um, we're just seeing countless amount of stories. Um, we did a training for them, I think, last year, and we were just giving them a general overview about um, what they can do if they hear about forced abortions. Because um, we love pregnancy care centers and all that they do, but I kind of felt prompted by the Lord of like, what what would I do if I was a teenager and if I... Um, you know, was in a situation where my parent or the father of the child was pressuring me or forcing me to have an abortion, who would I reach out to? Because I know I didn't know what a pregnancy care center was um, when I was in high school or college. And so I started thinking about youth groups and students for life. And I just wanted to empower, um, you know, the, the youth that's already, um, you know, pro-life. And so I, we did a training for them last year and they came back to me after and they said, we are in contact with probably about 50 to 80 abortion-minded girls. And just by reading our resources and, um, and some of our examples, they said probably 80 to 90% of these girls that we are talking to every single week are being pressured or forced. And now we have the, the tools and the resources um, to actually be a voice to stop some of these abortions. And so um, that's why I'm super passionate about it. And I really think that anyone um, who, who knows that forced abortions are um, illegal can really stop uh, abortions as long as they're in their community and, and can be a, a voice for it. That's right, Allison and Valerie. So if no one speaks up, they will continue to suffer in silence and forced abortion occurs in silence. And so this is exciting. Already, everyone who's listened to this podcast already knows an essential truth that's empowering. And, no, and that is that no one can force a woman to have an abortion. It's illegal in every state of the country. And we, uh, just if you know that and speak it out and tell people that, you, you actually, I think, can and will be able to save a forced abortion because they occur so frequently. So we've put that in something called a dear client letter that if you're a pregnancy resource center, you can give directly to the woman that you're helping. We developed the dear client letter in, in uh, 
cooperation or collaboration with Heartbeat International. And um, we recommend actually to pregnancy centers that they put the Dear Client letter on their own letterhead so that it is more personal and it can come from them. So they can download it from our website, put it on their letterhead and give it to any client because they don't necessarily know um, when she comes in if she's going to be forced by her parents or boyfriend or husband to have an abortion. So it's a good idea to give it to any client just in case. And what basically what it says is, you know, first of all, we know that some of you may be um, scared or uncertain, especially if you're young and you're pregnant, but we're here to help you. You are not alone. And so it emphasizes that. And then it also emphasizes the law, which is that, um, as Alan said, no one can force you to have an abortion, not your parents, not your boyfriend, um, not your guardians, not your school counselor. No one can force you. It's your decision and your decision alone. And a lot of, again, people don't know that. Um, and so we reinforce that and then talk to her about the tools that, that uh, are available, including the dear parent letter, which she can bring home to her parents or the dear father letter. And Alan's going to cover those in a few minutes. But this, this dear client letter is so important. It also does mention that if she has any um, legal issues or questions, it gives um, the Justice Foundation as a resource. But again, it's a letter that can come from the, the Pregnancy Resource Center itself. Um, and in that way, it's, it's a little more personal. And again, they can give it to their clients. So that's the first tool that we have on our website. And I know that Alan's going to cover the rest in a moment. That's right. And uh, as Tracy said, the woman, when she first hears about she's pregnant, sometimes they're very scared and they don't know what to do. But sometimes they're actually kind of happy about it. And if you don't speak out and support her or tell her, because what can happen is then she goes and tells the boyfriend or husband, usually next, and suppose that husband says, I don't want a child. And abortion that was intended to be the woman's choice becomes his choice. And so the key legal point to remember is voluntary abortion is legal under Roe v. Wade. And the Justice Foundation is actually uh, working to stop that also. You can read about that on our website. But once for now, it is legal to have an abortion. So who's it supposed to be for under Roe v. Wade for the woman? But instead, other people start pressuring her or coercing her into having an abortion. And we'll go into the next letter, which is kind of so. So every woman needs to know that. And these legal tools are on our website. These letters we're talking about, you can download them. They're totally free. There's no charge. We're a nonprofit public interest litigation firm and education. And these are educational tools that can save lives. Mm -hmm. So go to the website, thejusticefoundation.org. And then the next thing you can get there, and again, this is one everybody in the audience could use. You don't have to be a center director or working with a pregnancy center. Though let me say, if you're listening, and you're not with a center, tell your local pregnancy centers about this. Uh, send them a copy of our website or something. We have trainings for them up there all the time. So now let's talk about the Dear Parent letter. This is the letter that stops about 95% of the abortions that we hear about. And we estimate we're saving 1,000 to 2,000 babies a year just through these letters. And we have just begun working with Students for Life, which Allison will talk about a little bit also, and we'll talk about a dear student letter, but just with pregnancy centers. But pastors have used this dear parent letter, youth leaders, because who hears about teen pregnancy? This is adult parents forcing a minor girl to have an abortion. Well, if it's, it's often other girls or boys in her class. 
hey, have you heard about Sally? She's pregnant. Yeah, I heard that. Well, her parents are forcing her to have an abortion. You could speak up right then and say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That's illegal. Forced abortion is illegal. Pressure abortion. So here's some of the things that are in the Dear Parent letter that parents often do. And I'll just give a couple of these, then maybe turn it over to Tracy. Dear, if I don't get them all, number one, they say, uh, if you don't have this abortion, I'm kicking you out of my house. Okay. Well, that violates the parent's duty to care for their child until they reach the age of majority, 18 in most states. They can't kick a child out on the street for being pregnant. Now they could send her to a maternity home or send her to live in another state with grandma or something safe. They do control her body, but they have to provide a safe place to be. You cannot throw the child out. That violates the child protection or family code in every state. Uh, another thing they often say is, I don't care what you say. I've made the appointment. We're going to the abortion clinic tomorrow. It's done. And I don't want to hear any of this more talk about you not wanting an abortion. Well, many teenagers or will cave at that point because normally they should do what their parents want. But in the Supreme Court decision after Roe v. Wade called Bilotti v. Baird, the Supreme Court said, no, this decision whether to abort or keep the child belongs to the minor woman. It's a woman's choice. And that's even been extended to minors, teenagers who can get pregnant. And if you're a normal teen and you're mentally aware, you're not already a ward of the state or something because you're mentally incompetent. You know, the normal teenager gets to make the choice. Uh, so that's important to know. And the third thing, I've already made the appointment or I'm going to beat you with an end to your life. Those things are all illegal. And the question is, whose decision is being implemented? If it's truly the girl's and she wants an abortion, she has that right under current law. Hopefully nobody will ever be able to choose abortion because one of the things it does is hurts women terribly particularly if they're forced to have an abortion. And over 2,000 of our testimonies, the women say they were pressured into having an abortion. Tracy, you want to comment on that letter? Any? No, I think you did well. That, that was a, a good explanation. And again, I think that, um, that it's important for um, pregnancy centers to give that letter to um, the girl or um, if she's afraid that she's going to be forced into having an abortion, um, that that's a, a really good tool. All right. Well, let me have Allison share a little bit about the student letter, because the student letter addresses kind of the you might be a teenager in high school and a minor already. So there are some special things about that. But you might be a young woman who's already 19 years old or 18 in college. But parents parents can still pressure or unduly pressure or coerce a child, even at that age. So, Allison, would you like to talk a little bit about this, dear student letter? Again, all these letters are on our website, thejusticefoundation.org. Sure, yeah. Um, thank you. So, um, yeah, we're really, really excited about our Students for Life joint letter. And so, again, this was developed after the training that we did with Students for Life, where they were saying we have so many um, situations that we didn't even realize were forced abortions and, and we want to do something about it. And so we collaborated with them and um, we came up with a, our, our, joint, our 
joint Dear Student letter. And so really like what I want to highlight about this letter is that it just, it brings hope. Um, they just, they, they say every girl that they interact with, they just want to hear that they're not alone. And, um, despite all the circumstances that, that are around them, that if this, if they can, if they have the hope that they're not alone, that there are resources out there, um, that then they always say that most of the time that this, this woman would choose life. And so, um, our dear student letter highlights that, that they may be in the fork in the road and they're with all of these decisions, but she's not alone. Um, right off the bat, she's given off, um, a whole bunch of, um, uh, supportive services, um, whether through Students for Life or um, Pregnancy Resource Centers, even just describing what Pregnancy Resource Centers are, because again, um, there's so many people that think that, oh, that's Planned Parenthood, and they're actually going straight into, um, you know, the abortion clinic, thinking that they're going to find help, just even describing some of the the um, services that Pregnancy Resource Centers offer. And then secondly, basically telling her her rights as a mother, and again, um, kind of you know, when I was first getting involved and I was thinking of myself in high school or college, you know, when I think of forced abortion, I'm thinking of someone who's, um, you know, forcing a gun on a, on a woman to walk her into the abortion clinic, just forcing her. But again, it's, it's even these minor subtle things like, Hey, I'm not going to pay child support or, Hey, I'm not going to pay for your college tuition anymore. And those are things that, you know, really, really, really do affect not only the mother, but the, the life of, of the child. And so we put all of these just to make sure that we're hitting all of the examples and the points in all of these situations. And then we just, again, bring it back to, you know, you're not alone and there are resources there for you. Valerie, did you have a question? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that's so incredible, the tools that you all shared and just really a duty uh, on the public to know this and to be able to share this with others. And because the, I dare say the abortion industry is not about to share about the, uh, are you being forced to have an abortion? Uh, I'm sure that's a, not, that's not even being brought up. I can remember a time early on in when I came on as a director, I've been here for seven years and, but it was in the very beginning. I wasn't aware of the, you know, the justice foundation. Uh, I was standing out on the sidewalk of abortion facility praying. And I remember specifically, it looked like a mom, a grandmother and a girl had got out of the car and the mom was yelling at us to not even speak to her. Don't even speak to her. And the and the girl at first, I thought, well, she might be a little impaired uh, or has a disability or something. But when I started into the more into the ministry of the Pregnancy Resource Center, I remembered back to that time. And I was like, that girl was drugged. She was because she was not coherent. She was speaking mm-hmm. like, hey, how are you? Just not really um, there. And it it just, I mourned that because I was like, I could have spoke up for that mm-hmm. girl and, and told those women, like, you cannot force her to do that and being able to be an advocate for her when she wasn't. So you, what you guys are doing and equipping people is just so important. More people need to know about it. Well, thank you. In fact, I'm glad you brought that up because we have a letter just for that situation and that sidewalk counselors can use 
anybody who knows about a forced abortion can use. It's called the Dear Police Letter. And I will go back all these letters, like the Dear Parent Letter, the Dear Student Letter, have them passed out in your youth groups or churches, uh, wherever uh, some pregnancy centers do training on sexuality in the public schools. This is a legal letter. It just states the law, doesn't give advice about whether to have an abortion or not. That's the girl's choice under the law. But it says you can't be forced to have an abortion. So you can get this out a lot of places. And everybody agrees. Nobody wants forced abortions. Even Hillary Clinton, who did support abortion, condemned China for its forced abortion policy. So, uh, so the Dear Police letter tells the police that no one can force to have a girl. Because unfortunately, I was in a situation like yours. I was helping a girl. Her, her mom was forcing her to have an abortion. She called us and she had told me, my, my abortion is scheduled for like this Saturday morning. I can't remember the exact day, but she told me when and where. And I kept saying to her as a lawyer, I can go to court and stop this if you want me to. It's your choice. And she said, no, I think I can talk my mother out of it. But she never said she had. So I went down there that day and I just prayed. And this was the first time I'd ever done that. And I said to a couple of girls, I'm making up a name. Sally, is that you? No, Sally, is that you? And the third one was Sally. Yes, I'm Alan Parker. I'm the lawyer you've been talking with. Do you want me to help you? And she said, I don't want this abortion, but I can't fight my mother anymore. So is that a voluntary abortion? No, that's an involuntary. And her mother came out right then and said, who are you? And I said, ma'am, I'm the lawyer who's been talking to your daughter, and I don't want your daughter to be hurt. I've talked to thousands of women who've been hurt by abortion, and this can damage her and your relationship. And she said, I don't care what you think. Get out of here. I ought to call the police. And uh, literally, we'd been praying. I had people praying for me, and the thought came to me. And she, I said, ma'am, I think you're right. And she grabbed her daughter and pulled her in there. And I called the police on my cell phone. And I said, this is Alan Parker, identified myself. And I said, I'm just outside this abortion clinic. And the girl told me, I don't want this abortion, but I can't fight my mother. And her mother was with her pulling in. I believe there's a forced abortion occurring. And in Texas and 37 states, that's an actual homicide. The only person who can kill a baby in the womb is the mother with the voluntary informed consent of the mother and an abortionist that she hires to do it, who gets the requisite consent from her. Kind of tra tracking from the Texas statute on that, but that's pretty common in all of them. So if someone like if a boy, and here's a good example, if a boyfriend wants to not have a baby, sometimes they'll punch the girl in the stomach. This is in feminist literature, feminist agree this happens. Domestic violence against pregnant women is pretty common. And uh, so anyway, I called the police. They came out and they stopped the abortion. They came back out and said to me, well, we've contacted Child Protective Services. And uh, I think since I was a lawyer, they listened to me and I said, I'm a lawyer, you know, so they stopped it. He said, there won't be any abortion today. Now, uh, what on the other hand, what's happened sometimes is a woman called me and said, there's a girl in her house and I, she's texting me. My parents are making me take the pill. What can I do? And I said, well, uh, call the police right away and report this. This was before we had these letters. Uh, and she called them and then she called me back and the police said, 
there's nothing we can do about it. And we get that a lot because the police don't know it's forced abortion is illegal. So we uh, and many times the police will say you have to do what your parents tell you. Normally, that's good advice to a teenager, but not in this area because the Supreme Court said it's her decision. And we don't we're a parental rights organization. We believe parents should have authority. But you can't tell your child to say, go steal the neighbor's computer or go out and deal drugs, get some money for the family. You don't have the right to do wrong with your child or to your child. Regarding the letter to abortionists, um, pregnancy uh, center directors, this is a really good tool for you, and it doesn't come up often, but again, it's where that, that girl comes in and says, I'm being taken to an abortion facility, and I don't want to have one, but I don't have a choice. My, my parents said, you got to go. And so the director would have um, the girl sign the letter saying that she's being forced and then fax it to several abortion facilities, even if she thinks she's going to one, fax it to several that are nearby. And there was a case recently that we heard about where the mother took the girl to six different abortion facilities and they'd received the fax with her signature and the girl also had a copy of it. And finally, the mother got tired of taking her to these different facilities and said, and the abortionists, of course, refused to do it because they're afraid of getting in trouble because the girl had sent this um, signed paper through the pregnancy centers, you know, faxed it to them. And so um, finally, the mother gave up and said, OK, fine, have the baby. And, you know, later on, um, it ended up that uh, they reconciled and and, uh, you know, the, the mother of the, the girl had a, a granddaughter. Um, so, you know, it really does um, work once um you know, the abortionists have it. They do not want to perform an abortion in that situation. And we always encourage family reconciliation. And a lot of these parents who wanted the baby aborted end up being deeply loving and caring for that situation. And uh, one of them even got in the custody battle over the child. They wanted the child for themselves. So, you know, we, we, we applaud pregnancy resource centers for the work that they do in providing alternatives. Like if you're a minor, you ought to consider, uh, and we sometimes say to the mother, consider a maternity home. If you want her uh, away from the father of the child or something, put her in a maternity home. They're used to, that. that's a safe place. That's a legal place to put a child. And parents have authority to do that, but they don't have authority to kill the child. But they can put her, the child, the mother in a maternity world, uh, home and they'll get her education and then they'll help her to decide, do you keep the baby or do you place the child for adoption? And that's an option. And there's one other uh, uh, option available in every state that I want to mention called the safe haven laws. If you're, and, and this is for every member of your audience or the pregnancy centers, if you're uh, counseling someone who has an abortion and they're not sure whether they want to have an abortion, you can wait until the moment of birth under the safe haven law. And if you want to, you can relinquish your child safely to a hospital or fire station within a certain period of time after birth and just drop the baby off, no questions asked, and you don't have to care for the baby again. You don't have to pay child support. You don't have to go through a legal procedure. You don't have to have anything to do with the father. If this was a one-night stand and you don't want that man in your life, for the rest of your life, you know. So today you can do a uh, open adoption. And if you're pregnant, you can help choose the parents of your child and get the child into a good home if you can't take care of the baby. Or you can have a hands-off adoption, just drop the baby off 
in a hospital. And uh, for example, I'm in Texas. We have 60, you have 60 days after birth to do that. And if you're poor, the pregnancy centers will help you with prenatal care and delivery and all that. And then you can decide whether to have a open adoption and maybe you can get to hear about your child. Because one of the things abortion sells abortion to is they say 10 minutes, you'll never have to think about it again. But women do think about their child. Why would my, I murdered my child. Where would they be today now that it's six years later? Or there's the anniversary reaction. The woman knows when the baby would be due. And around that time, they start having grief and sorrow and shame. And I'll tell you this, I represented Norma McCorvey, the Roe of Roe v. Wade. And she did not have an abortion. She never did because the baby was born before the case court. The court case struck down the abortion law, which made it illegal. But every year around the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, she would grieve over the death of a million more babies. And she felt responsible for it. Mm -hmm. So if you choose life and give the baby life, you may wonder where the child is. And an open adoption, you can kind of find out, oh, they're still doing well. That's wonderful. Uh, but you, if you want to just give the baby away because you don't want anybody to know you're pregnant or that you don't want the father to know or whatever, you can just use the safe haven law. So that's something to think about, too, with pregnancy centers. And if pregnancy centers would like more help on the safe haven laws, that's another training another day, perhaps. A lot of uh, jam-packed information there, especially with the let letters and being able to use those. Uh, if people want uh, more information, do you all, all offer training for those? Maybe it's not a pregnancy center. Maybe it's uh, local churches. How does that work with you guys? Well, uh, right now we have training for centers on our website. Uh, we're hoping soon to have a little bit of a generalized training, somewhat like this one, where you can either be a center or someone who's just a member of the public, because this is a lot to think about, but it's all in writing. The letters are only a page or a page and a half long. You hand the letter to the responsible party. It may be the girl, if that's who you're talking to. It may be who else forces women to have an abortion. The father of the, uh, the parents of the boy will often want the girl to abort so they don't ruin his life in their minds. But you can get through all these things. There are many healthy outcomes. We, the letter to the school counselors often hear about this. And several of our non-professional people have just given these letters to school counselors and saved a baby's life. So if, you, if you're in a community, download that letter and send it to your school counselors in your community. They can't say they don't know it anymore after that. You all can be empowered to share this information and it's life-saving. Yeah, and again, with school counselors, um, that we've had a couple of cases where people have called us and said that the school counselor told the girl, oh, no, you have to do what your parents tell you. And so the school counselors are often um, unaware of the, the laws. And so uh, there's been cases where we actually fax the school counselor letter to the particular school, and all of a sudden they're, they're changing their tune because they had no idea. So again, there's so many training opportunities. They're all available on our website, thejusticefoundation.org, and then you click down to Center Against Forced Abortion, and you'll see all the letters. Um, for those of you that are planning to come to the CareNet conference um, with your Pregnancy Resource Center, we will be there in August because it's in San Antonio, <laughs> which is our home. And so we will be there with a booth with all the information as well. 
And we've worked with all of the three major pregnancy resource centers in the country, CareNet, NIFLA, and Heartbeat. They've all endorsed these letters and reviewed them. Uh, several general counsels, in addition to the lawyers at the Justice Foundation. And I, it's, it's kind of interesting. The law has never been challenged. Nobody's ever disagreed with us. Now, it, as long as the girl or woman says, I don't want an abortion, no one can force her to have an abortion. And so to go back to what you said, if she feels alone and broken, like that girl who was at the clinic when she said to me, I can't fight my mother, but I don't, I don't want this abortion, but I can't fight my mother anymore. Her will had been broken. That's why I called the police. And you have a duty to save lives in the moral law, I believe. It's not necessarily a legal duty in every state, but every state protects people who, support, who report suspicions of child reports. So just if you do call the police, send them these letters also, because a lot of the police don't know it. And that's why we, after a couple of times, we put it in writing. Now they'll call their supervisors and they'll say, yeah, stop it. Go tell these people they can't do that. And in 37 states, it's a fetal homicide. It's killing a child. And not every state has that law, but 37 is more than half of the states have. Well, I had a quick thing regarding um, uh, parents, and it's it's wonderful being, if you're with a pregnancy center, if a girl comes in and has her parents with her, especially if they are against her having the child and want to um, encourage her to have an abortion. And so there's been several cases that we have, but one in particular comes to mind, which is um, a boy and a girl that were 16 years old came into the center, and this was uh, a center in Ohio just um, a few months ago, and they came with their mothers, and both mothers were adamant that this couple was too young, they needed to have an abortion. And so this, for pregnancy centers, is a great time to counsel because you take the mothers into a room, you give them the dear parent letter, but also you talk to them about, you know what, you want your kids to finish high school and go to college and everything, but oftentimes if you're forcing them to have an abortion, they're going to run away. They, they may drop out of college. They may, you know, um, not have any relationship with you anymore because they're so angry that you all force them to have an abortion. And so, you know, it's not only the law, but just counseling them about what the ramifications are if, you know, for the family, if they force that couple to have an abortion. Well, in this case, both the mothers of the boy and girl had had abortions in their past and they'd never been through healing. And so they were trying to continue on the, <laughs> the path. But after counseling and after getting the dear parent letter, and, and I believe they also saw the ultrasound, they changed their minds and they said, "Okay, we we, we get it. We're gonna we're gonna support you, and uh, even though we're not happy, we're gonna support you." And that's the thing: work through their their you know anger, their disappointment, and then try to explain to them, you know, what the consequences are if they do go forward to force this couple to have an abortion. Thank you, and thank you, Allison and Tracy, for being uh, so caring about the women. Uh, our legal assistant, uh, Enriqueta Aguilar, also speaks Spanish if you call in. And all our services are free. Some of our documents on the website are available in Spanish and English. So that can be helpful to some people. We don't charge anything for our services. We're a nonprofit. We'll train pregnancy centers for free if that's if you all would like to have a one-hour training. Uh, and I would say keep looking at our website, you know, every month or so. Check it out because uh, we often update it with new letters as we go through new experiences and see what the problems are. And if you know of 
some problem in the area of forced or coerced abortion, uh, please let us go uh, do it. And I'll just say there's one other thing on our website. Uh, right now, abortion is legal. Uh, it would be better for everyone if abortion were banned everywhere and instead women use the safe haven law if they can't take care of a baby, even with the help of centers or something. Uh, and, and there's a million people waiting to adopt newborn children in America. So there are homes that would love to take the children. They don't have to be killed. And we have a petition to the United States Supreme Court called the Moral Outcry Petition on the same website, thejusticefoundation.org. But that project's called the Moral Outcry. And you can sign the petition and ask the Supreme Court to reverse Roe v. Wade. We will then put your name in friend of the court briefs at the United States Supreme Court. That's how we deliver the petition. In legal cases, no charge to you. We'll put your name in, but no other contact data. And every signature under a book called The Law of Judicial Precedent uh, is evidence itself that Roe v. Wade should be reversed. So you could save babies through stopping forced abortions like we've talked today, or you could help bring America to the day when we no longer kill children and hurt women. Instead, we say, give us the baby through the safe haven law and we'll help you. We'll have mercy on you and we'll give them to the loving homes waiting to adopt children. So it's a beautiful answer to this terrible scourge of abortion. And God hates the shedding in blood, but it's not the unforgivable sin. I do want to say that to women who've had abortions or men who've paid for abortion or even men who have forced someone to abort. And that happens. It's not the unforgivable sin, but you have to ask forgiveness. You have to repent, say, God, I'm sorry. I've done this terrible thing. Forgive me. And he will forgive you. And you can even receive eternal salvation by asking Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior and say that uh, you want him to take your life and give you his eternal life in exchange. So think about that and uh, don't think that just because you've had an abortion or participated, you're beyond redemption. God loves you and he wants to help heal you. And all the pregnancy centers have abortion recovery uh, sources where you can get the healing from abortion. And some of that's on our website too. If you've had an abortion, we refer you to a, a biblically based counseling where you can get freedom and liberty and not have to hide in the darkness anymore. That's incredible. A perfect way to end today's podcast. And I want to thank you for, again, for your time and being able to pour out into the community and listeners about such an important topic. And, and again, if you need healing, there is healing there. Just step out and reach out. There's people that want to come alongside you and lay it at the feet of Jesus. Thank you for listening to Armor Truth Podcast. For more information on this podcast or show notes, you can visit us at armoredwithtruth.com. You'll be directed to our blog section to listen to more or past episodes. You can also connect with us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also visit the main website at youmakeherbrave.com where you can take being not only a hearer, but also being a hearer and a doer. 
you can learn about being a volunteer. Be a monthly partner. $30 a month saves one life from abortion and helps us walk side by side with that new brave family. So again, thanks for tuning in. See you next week on Armored Truth.